Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 2nd, 2013. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in the forward to second edition on page Roman numeral XVII, the last paragraph beginning with with the appearance. Today's readers are, reading the OA 12 Steps is Daia, reading the OA 12 Traditions is Rose, and reading the literature are Judy B., Crystal, Chelsea, and Sally. The reference number for Sunday, December 1st, is 5562. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Daia to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. I am um, Daia, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of uh, Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nan made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles 
in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Daya. I will now ask Rose to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other OA, other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media of public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in forward to second edition on page Roman numeral XVII, the last paragraph beginning with, with the appearance. I will ask Judy B. to begin reading. 
Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. With the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. Dr. Harry Emerson Fosdick, the noted clergyman, reviewed it with approval. In the fall of 1939, Fulton Osler, then editor of Liberty, printed a piece in his magazine called Alcoholics and God. This brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into the little New York office, which meanwhile had been established. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to these prospective newcomers. New groups started up, and it was found, to the astonishment of everyone, that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. Just a beautiful paragraph showing us how, OA got, uh, how AA got started and, <clears throat> and how the news just spread. You know, once the solution and, and the way to recovery is uh, explained to so many people and people recover, the news spreads. And it didn't spread just um, by itself. I mean, this, this paragraph indicates that people um, put some work into that. It said, uh, this brought a rush of 800 frantic inquiries into the little New York office, which meanwhile had been established. So people had, had uh, found a way to, to make an office and to be prepared to answer these questions. And there, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And, um, and it's fruitful, you know, the, 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 um, the program grows and people, people learn from each other. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. I think of, of our group and how we, we hear uh, in OA now more and more people recovering because we're able to share it on the phone. We're able to, to tell people about what's happened to us. You know, we're, recovered people are willing to pass this information on. And, and as a group, you know, we reach out to the newcomers. You know, we've made those arrangements so that the newcomers don't just fall by the wayside. We reach out to them. We let them know how important this is, how serious our disease is. And, and we let them know that, that there is a solution, that the, the big book, thank God it was written, the big book is there to show us how to find this recovery. And I, I just... Uh, um, we use the word sometimes on this meeting, visionaries, and that's, that's what I, I feel like I am. I mean, I know that this is going to happen to OA. I know that it's going to expand and expand, and more and more people are going to find this wonderful recovery. And I'm just I'm so grateful to be part of this, and I, I just hope that everyone listening will, um, will join us and be part of this and, and uh, 
God, God will just be there to help us reach more and more people and to get our message out there. I'm just so grateful to be part of, of the OA program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy B. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rebecca, and thank you for your service this morning. You know, it starts here, and I'm just going to go right to the beginning. With the appearance of the of the new book, a great deal began to happen. We often see times a, a, a new book comes on the horizon, you know, oh, it's number 10 in the, in the New York Times list. And, oh, no, this didn't, just didn't appear there. They saw it in people's lives. And so Dr. Henry Emerson Fodsworth, and we find him in the back of the book on the religious view on AA, And what did he say? This is what he remarked. I think that psychologically speaking, there is a point of advantage in the approach that is being made in this movement that cannot be duplicated. I suspect that if it is wisely handled, and it seems to be in wise and prudent hands, there are doors of opportunity ahead of this project that may surpass our capacities to imagine. That's what he wrote for that's what he saw. But I'd like to grab one more line and go along with it. Each inquiry was painstakingly answered. Pamphlets and books were sent out. Businessmen traveling out of existing groups were referred to these prospective newcomers. There it is, painstakingly, though it may be, that is what is necessary to keep what we have and also to give it away so others may have it. And the capacity to imagine. Who would have thought it didn't go off the list? It stayed on the list, but wait, it went into people's hearts. It went into what they did every day. Uh, yeah, as was just stated, a beautiful paragraph. Thank you for allowing me to share on it. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Yes, Rebecca, this is Janice. Hi, Janice. Go right ahead. Good morning to you and vision for you. My name is Janice uh, M. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Who would ever think that a written book from 1939 would give millions of people like me the answer to my disease. All the directions was it was written, thank God, divinely written. It we have to read it, we have to study it, and do what it says by following the path, by following the directions, and then we get the result. We get recovered. We get recovered and we return to health of mind and body. And this is what the, the our pioneers saw. And that's what the press saw. That's what the uh, religious people were attracted to. That's what the medical people were attracted to. So they endorsed the book. And when you have attraction rather than promotion, it's something else because of the recovery of the recovered people and the the reuniting of the family. And when that that's a big, big, big thing. And that's all we have to do today. If you're new, this is all you have to do is read this book, study it, and you will be recovered also. And with that, I pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Janice. And would anyone else like to share on this? This is Lois. Go ahead, Lois. Hi, good morning, Rebecca, and everyone on the line. Uh, well, you know, this is this is living history. You know, when I when I read that first sentence with the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. And, you know, if you knew, I was thinking about if I were new, just calling in and listening to this today, you know, what a wonderful opportunity this is, that a great deal will begin to happen for you. But I was thinking more of last July when this, when this group that we're part of this morning, uh, A Vision for You, formed, was formed and shaped and began to uh, read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous together. And a great deal began to happen. I mean, this is still happening today. And I'm so grateful that it did. I mean, we have gone from, I think it was maybe 30 people in the beginning, that's something like 30 people. And here we are, we're over, I mean, we're over 200 almost every morning, but I think there are like 400 on the list. And, and this is, you know, this is living history today. And with that thought, I'm going to pass as well as, you know, expressing my gratitude, you know, to uh, to, to uh, God and to the beginning of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm a grateful member of this group. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Barbara? Go ahead, Barbara. Thank you. This is Barbara. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And as I read this paragraph and think about the amazing, wonderful growth of AA, I'm remembering, God bless, my first sponsor in OA, who was on fire with recovery, on fire with the big book. And back in the 1970s, before we had the advantages we have now, these many years later, she painstakingly wrote in her own index to the big book and distributed it at OA meetings because she used to say, you know, we are walking big books. And if we don't learn this new language, you know, people learning a new language have a dictionary. Uh, People learning a new language have to think differently. And so we need to not only know the book, study the book, but live it. And I can hear her voice ringing in my ear as I look at this, the way she carried that message of being a walking talking big book and um you know the the uh, spirit of the early the pioneers of aa with going to clergy people you know i think that some of uh, some of my most enriching contacts are clergy because the people who get it you know i recently did a book that parallels the uh, the 12-step recovery and uh, scriptures and this person has done DVDs on the spirituality, you know, the 12-step spirituality, he says, is the religion of this century, of this decade. And so I think in addition to absorbing that, you know, carrying the message to clergy people who um, are in contact with compulsive overeaters who bring their distress in consultation to know, I have practicing recovered people in my community, in my faith community. You know, this business of being afraid to mention God in the fellowship, you know, that that um, sensitivity is not here at all in our founders of AA or OA. And so I think the movement and the return to the spiritual nature of the disease and, and of the, you know, solution to the disease is wonderful to look at. 
Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Did anyone else want to share on this paragraph? Well, this is Rebecca, and I am a grateful, compulsive overeater. And um, I'm all excited by this paragraph. It just has such momentum. A great deal began to happen, and there was a rush of 800 frantic inquiries, and um, they were responded to painstakingly, and traveling people were carrying the message, and um, there was astonishment by, um, you know, there's just a fervor here, and it's so exciting, and I feel like I've been... um, invited to jump on the bandwagon and share in the um, exuberance that this program has to offer and to do my little piece to help um, further this message to more and more suffering people. And it's just a thrill. And um, I'm so glad to be a part of it and um, to be a part of this fellowship because I know that um, without you, there is no me, and vice versa, and um, I can see it in um, what they're saying here in this paragraph. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share before we move on? It's late. I'm Beverly. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive eater. Good morning, and thank you for your service. I didn't catch your name. Beverly. Beverly. Okay. Beverly, why don't you go and then Leah? Go ahead, Beverly. Okay, thank you. Um, My sponsor told me early on that this book was my owner's manual, and um, I really appreciate this paragraph. Um, It just shows what an impact this book had on on individuals. And um, my sponsor told me I would never be cured, but that I could be fixed if I study the... um, this owner's manual and um and and applied the principles to my life and um that's all I want to share. Thank you. Thank you, Beverly. Leah. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Good morning everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. New group started up and it was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. By the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. I just wanted to note that AA's message and recovery, you know, they were very, uh, they were unified. The traditions hadn't been hammered out yet, but we clearly see uh, through this brief historical account that um, these recovered men and women were very focused. They had an aim and a goal and a focus to their message. Their message was unified, and their message was um, that these drunks um, could get to a place called recovered. They had an aim and a goal and an objective. We saw it right out from the title page where it said how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. That was their message. It was very specific that they had had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. It was lean. You know, it was um, it was maintained in full strength, you know, their first 
duty was to maintain in full strength what they had to offer. And what they had to offer was recovery. There was integrity there. And they were vigilant. They were vigilant and they were caretaking in order to assure this. So I I love, uh, you know, reading this, how um, they were so unified. They stuck to what they did best. And what they did best was carry this message. It wasn't a group of people coming together and expressing, uh, you know, either verbally or through the mail, their own personal opinion or philosophy or view or interpretation. Um, they had a message that um, they had recovered, that the obsession of the mind had been expelled, that their problem had been solved that they were now free. And this message was so attractive that, of course, people came uh, running towards it. As was stated, it wasn't um, attraction through, you know, uh, promotion. This was attraction because uh, the problem had been solved. These men and women, their lives had been restored, renewed, rehabilitated. Their families were uh, reunited, and now they were being of service to their community. They were, uh, you know, groups of, of solace that, that these drunks could come to. So, you know, you have to have something. You have to have a product to sell. <laughs> you know, um, AA had a product to sell, and it was obvious. You know, thank God today, you know, we can gather together as recovered folks of Overeaters Anonymous and be living proof, like a big show-and-tell operation, that this thing can really work. <laughs> that, yes, indeed, there is a place called Recovered here uh, for members of Overeaters Anonymous. You can be saved from the merciless obsession of this illness. And it's through the same program of recovery that was, uh, and the same message that was carried in 1939 as it is today in 2013. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Good morning. This is Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, Good morning to you. Good morning to all. I'm Sharon, Recovered compulsive overeater looking the sentence that stands out to me is new group started up and it was found to the astonishment of everyone that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth and what the question that I ask is why is it that AA's message could be transmitted in the mail as well as by word of mouth. And there's a couple of things that stand out to me. First is that if I, when I look at the big book, the first four chapters are explaining, are helping us to come to to the recognition that we have a disease. And we know that it's, the principle, this, the, the acceptance of alcoholism, of compulsive overeating as a disease is foundational to our recovery. This is not just, oh, I occasionally overeat. This is not, well, if I could just lose the weight, 
then I'm going to be restored to sanity. The understanding that we have a disease was what moved Dr. Bob from uh, just moved him into recovery. He had struggled for years and years and years, and this is the message of hope that Bill took to Bob, this understanding that we have a disease. But not just that, the first four chapters, all about helping us come to that acceptance and understanding. But then when we get to chapter five, it breaks down step by step what it takes to recover. And this is, the, this is why you can take this book. There's no excuse for not recovering because it's all laid out in this book. We understand that we have a twofold disease. It affects our body and it affects our mind. And uh, we have an addiction and we, in order to get over it, we need help outside of ourselves. We need a power greater than ourselves. It's all laid out in this book, step by step, what it, we need to do to recover. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Um, why don't we move on to the next paragraph, and that would be with Crystal reading. Good morning. This is Crystal, compulsive over ear, recovered by the grace of God. In the spring of 1940, John D. Rockefeller, Jr. gave a dinner for many of his friends, to which he invited AA members to tell their stories. News of this got on the world wires. Inquiries poured in again, and many people went to the bookstores to get the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. By March 1941, the membership had shot up to 2,000. Then, Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the, evening, in the Saturday Evening Post and placed such a compelling picture of AA before the general public, the alcoholics in need of help really deluged us. By the close of 1941, AA numbered 8,000 members. The mushrooming process was in full swing. AA had become a national institution. What jumps out at me this morning is by the end of 1939, it was estimated that 800 alcoholics were on their way to recovery. Then we moved to March 1941. The membership had shot up to 2,000. And a few months later, by the close of 1941, AA numbered 8,000 members. Wow. In a matter of months, their membership increased by 6,000 people. And that absolutely blows my mind. Um, to de- having been born in a day and age where AA, OA meetings are face-to-face, on the phone, it's easy to forget and not appreciate um, the beginning of how everything evolved. And what I see here, for me personally, is the number of people being drawn to this book, 
to the precise set of directions that if I follow them, that I too can become recovered. And they came. They were desperate and willing. The mushrooming process was in full swing. The message is spreading. And thank God for that message so that it was here for me when I came and I needed it. I pass. Thank you, Crystal. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Okay, well, this is Rebecca again, and um, I was thinking with what Crystal said, how there's so many of us in the world today who have read this book and abide by its um, principles and have worked these steps or are working these steps and have found the answer to our problems and um, share this commonality that wherever we go, chances are we're rubbing shoulders with other people who are walking the same path we are in some way, shape, or form. Um, When you think about it, we're everywhere, and and it keeps growing and growing in every corner of the world, you know. Um, so we're never alone, even if we don't know who else in the room is um, practicing these principles in all our affairs. You could pretty much figure that somebody is, you know, and... Um, and sometimes it comes up in conversation and um, you meet someone new and they're like, oh, I'm I'm a friend of Bill W.'s too. And it's just a very warm, um, great feeling to know that we're part of um, this fabulous opportunity and that we're all in this together. And with that, I'll pass. Um, does anybody... Want to say anything about this paragraph before we move on? Good, good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Sure, Bella. Go right ahead. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph, and I am asking myself, how can it be that this the Alcoholics Anonymous is growing so fast. And I see a very interesting point that it doesn't say um, if they are men or women, if they are any kind of religious, if they are any kind black, white, any special language, nothing. The only thing is that we all share the same kind of a disease. We have the same kind of disease. We have the same symptoms. And we are all the same things and still very unique because every every single person, every a compulsive overeater has his own experience, has his own strength, and we all have the same hope. And it again reminds me the basic of this program. 
before I was in the program, I was very much isolated. I thought that I am the only one that suffers, the only one that has the pain. And this program, thank God, teach me not to be alone anymore, to be a program of we. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, where do you live. We have the same disease, and we are looking for the same solution. We want to be connected to God because our disease is a, an allergy of the body and an obsession, obsession on the mind, and we need the spiritual support. We need to be connected to God. And this is the beauty of this program that... We are all together, we are all connected, we are all here for, for, for each of us. We are to give and to get. We have the same disease. We want to share the same solution. And this is the beauty, and only with this we can grow because we don't have um, any kind of to gain something. You know, the only thing that we want to gain is <clears throat> to gain the solution, to be, to be connected to God, to, to grow in our spiritual uh, path. And by this I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Bella. Anyone else? Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. I just wanted to comment. It says, Then Jack Alexander wrote a feature article in the Saturday Evening Post and placed such a compelling picture of AA before the general public that alcoholics in need of help really deluged us. AA had become a national institution. Um, you know, it's it's hard to realize today because we're so familiar uh, with the whole concept of alcoholism, but, you know, it's important for me to remember that in this time, you know, um, alcoholism was a, was a hush-hush word. It was a taboo topic. It was not to be uttered above a whisper, um, and it was an unknown word <laughs> to most people. Um, the press was afraid of it. You know, they were afraid of the public's reaction to such an unpleasant subject, um, so much so that even the response, when this response came uh, regarding this Jack Alexander article, um, you know, it had not convinced other publications that they could safely publish articles on alcoholism. Press was still a little bit um, hesitant about it, but the the bottom line is that um, the public was beginning to boast about AA. Again, it all comes down to results. Their results were uh, inarguable. You couldn't argue with it. You know, people who had been locked up in asylums, people who uh, could never see the light of day, um, who were, you know, floundering around in the gutters, were now uh, upstanding citizens in their cities, towns, and communities at large. The public took notice of this and boasted about us, about AA. And, of course, you know, once the book, uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous, big book came on the scene with that strong message, it shows us the importance of literature. And it shows us that um, how powerful this message was, you know, AA and the results that were were um, being seen, 
gain the respect of the clergy, gain the respect of men of medicine, men of science. People took notice. They didn't have to promote. <laughs> it was obvious. It was such an attraction. Can you imagine in today's day and age where obesity and the medical consequences that are related to obesity, um, if there were results coming out of Overeaters Anonymous like this? I mean, obesity is a leading medical uh, problem in our society today. You can hardly turn on your computer or crack open your newspaper and uh, not find an article related to the consequences of obesity or some of the newest methods and remedies that are rolling out uh, on the scene in order to to deal with this uh, issue in our day and age. And that's exactly what was happening. You know, the the title of that Jack Alexander article, I always love. The title of this article was Alcoholics Anonymous, Freed Slaves, Slaves of Drink, Now They Free Others. I mean, isn't that beautiful? That That correlates to that statement in my book that says, we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. That's not a statement of arrogance. That's certainly not a statement of personal power or personal recognition. That's a statement of what can happen through the grace of God when we're beaten to a pulp and surrender to his will and become his agent and try to be utilized in some helpful, compassionate service. You know, that, that is the title of that article, Alcoholics Anonymous, Freed Slaves of Drink, Now They Free Others. Can you imagine if there was such an article that was published as a reflection of Overeaters Anonymous? Let's play around with that. Overeaters Anonymous, Freed Slaves of Compulsive Overeating, Now They Free Others. Sounds pretty good to me. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Why don't we move on to the next paragraph? With this is Sharon. Okay, before you go, Chelsea, Sharon would like to share. Go ahead, Sharon. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for your service, and thank you for everyone out on the line, and thank you for everyone that has uh, shared this morning and all of those. Uh, as this meeting, too, continues to grow, I'm just amazed. Um, just since the time that I began listening, which was last July 2012. And today I am a recovered compulsive overeater as a result of following the instructions in this book. But regarding this particular uh, chapter, and um, I, um, I am just amazed how God's hand was on this, this little group of little group of members and how they grew, you know, from 19... Over 39 from 8. Is that okay? Hello? From 800 up to uh, 8,000. And um, in one of the books that I have read on the history, and I hope I'm, I'm stating this correctly, some of them felt that John D. Rockefeller was going to be able to provide them with a lot of... Uh, Sharon, we lost you. Is that you, Sharon? 
No, it's Nancy. I wonder if I can share for a second. Can you hear me now? I guess not, Nancy. Go ahead, Sharon. It, okay. Um, this is Sharon. I, I don't know where I dropped off, but anyway, I'll just keep it short. Um, my point was that um, the amazing growth that when uh, it's not being self-promoted, uh, God's hand was upon this group. God's um, wisdom was uh, hovering over this group. John D. Rockefeller did not give them a huge donation, which they thought they needed to keep this fledging group going. Instead, uh, as a result of these people that were invited, this article showed up in, a, in the Saturday Evening Post. And as a result of that, like it says, that bottom line, the mush, mushrooming process was in full swing. AA had now become a national institution. And I am just so grateful um, that, you know, <clears throat> um, that we, we too must realize that God is the power that we need in our lives uh, to do this and to do it so that we too can be just like... Um, uh, Leia said, I didn't know the uh, name of the article, but the slaves of drink and the slaves of compulsive overeating now freed to save others. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Sharon. I guess we're going to let Nancy share, Chelsea. Hold on. Go ahead, Nancy. Nancy? Maybe not. Chelsea, are you ready and waiting? I am, Rebecca. Thank you for your patience. Go right ahead with the next paragraph. Our society then entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. The test that it faced was this. Could these large numbers of erstwhile erratic alcoholics successfully meet and work together? Would there be quarrels over membership, leadership, and money? Would there be strivings for power and prestige? Would there be schisms which would split AA apart? Soon, AA was beset by these very problems on every side and in every group. But out of this frightening <clears throat> excuse me, and first disrupting experience, the conviction grew that AAs had, a, had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. And I'm Chelsea, and I'm recovered today by the grace of a source greater than myself. Um, this, to me, talks about how our selfishness and self-centeredness, no matter how much we recover, can creep up again. And these folks recognize this because um, they had already given themselves over to a source greater than themselves, but even with that, self rose up again because they had these very things going on in the group with everybody wanting to be the boss, nobody being the workers. So when they had this understanding that this was going to lead to all types of problems, which would end up making the whole thing not worthwhile at all, because of these huge egos and because of self rising up again. So it speaks to how self will crop up, as it says on page 62, selfishness and self-centered is at the heart of our diseases. And it also speaks to the fact that we will always have the disease. We will never be cured. 
So some kind of order had to be put into place while nobody could be in charge except those sources that were greater than themselves. Because our, our powers that are greater than ourselves don't have a problem getting along. It's self. It's we who are self that do. And I think that um, here these uh, people, again, uh, somebody had shared earlier that um, they said that God was all over this. And God, as I understand it, does appear to be at the helm of everything here and guiding it because it's growing, as I said, mushrooming. It's growing like wildflower because people were starved for a solution. And once that solution got out there, everybody wanted it because families had been torn apart, but yet they saw that something in here helped them to get their families back together. So the solution was there, but they had to be sure that self did not come into play and make it all to ruin and for not. So everything that they worked hard to, they put the effort in painstaking. It said they're painstaking, just like on page 83, if we're painstaking, meticulous, great care, effort had been taken to make this thing grow, and it was all out of a source greater than themselves. So they had to keep self down so that whatever their power was greater than themselves could lead this thing to help others to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of body and mind. With that, I pass. Thank you, Chelsea. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Yes, this is Janice. Hi, Janice. Thank you. Go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Janice. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. You know, we can learn, <laughs> I'm talking about myself too, is um, learn from this book tremendously. Today too. It's happening today. It happened today. Um, you know, I experienced it. When man increases, which is we're talking about the self, then God decreases. And when God is not in the increase, there's no growth. So it goes to show me, it goes to show us, when there's a split, if there is growth, like there is here in the vision for you, that means God is there. When it decreases itself, it's man. And this is a good lesson. (laughs) You know, it's a good lesson because when man or self wants power, manipulation, prestige, then God is out of the picture. And again, I repeat, this is why the vision for you, as I have learned the hard way, is growth because God is here. And there's no one manipulating anyone. There's the authority here, again, is a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Helena. Hi, Helena. Go right ahead. Good morning. I really appreciate what was said already about this paragraph. I really appreciate that it was pointed out that just because we are working the steps and we have recovered, we have not been struck perfect. There will be issues. There will be issues in our family lives, and if we don't believe that, we should read to wives and to the family afterwards where various problems are addressed. And uh, for me, this is 
wonderful that all these things, these disagreements could happen, that it could almost feel as if the group were going to be split apart. And yet, for the sake of unity and for the sake of recovery, we found a way through. And that it is not the end when difficulties present themselves in a group. And we, as, as a result of these, I believe the traditions were born. And yet, even with the traditions, any of us who have attended group conscience meetings know that sometimes there are strong feelings and disagreements. And yet, this is not a sign that is a disaster, nor it is a sign that we are not recovered. It means that God is working in us, as we have been expected to do from step 10 on. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Pass. Thank you, Helena. Please do. Your name? Uh, Good morning. This is Sarah, grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. And I wanted to bring the question into this. Uh, This is beautiful reading that we have. There's a lot of um, history in this, and a lot of it I know, and some of it I really don't know. So I don't want to behave as if I know everything. But what I can say is I have worked on the traditions in my past, and I wanted to bring the first tradition into it because I think this is what they allude to when they say uh, we discovered the principles by which the individual alcoholic could live, which is the steps. So we had to involve principles by which the AA groups and AA as a whole could survive and function effectively. And um, the first tradition, uh, which says our common welfare should come first, personal recovery depends upon AA unity. And I think it's you know an extremely important tradition that we can bring into our homes, uh, into with our families, into our workplace, uh, into any group that we go into. But I wanted to also bring up the idea that can you imagine the tireless effort that went on with these people, not for uh, their own individual gratification, but because they knew not only did they need to pass this message along for their own recovery, but these people were desperate and dying out there and and, and, and so hungry for uh, something to help their families and their lives and how much work had to have been done uh, to effectively assist these people. So, you know, the, the, the book in itself, yes, you know, that is where the recovery lies. But on top of that, the people that were you know, publishing the book, the people that were putting the book out, the people that were sending the book, the people that were manning phones, which which had to have been incredible. And, and you know, the idea that the anonymity that had to be held at the level of press, radio, TV, and films, which I think got a little jumbled up, especially I think John, John D. Rockefeller at one point uh, did want to... Uh, publicly put this on on display and and there was some concern and I think that's where they really felt like they had to put the traditions into place when they realized that um, people were going to try to make money off of it or uh, make it a you know there's there's a there's a fine line because we do pay for books but you know they try not to keep us in the red but they want to keep us right on the money uh, as far as to keep everything going because we do pay pay special workers so you know, it is an incredible endeavor, and, you know, the hand of, of of God was definitely in all this. And, you know, like like other people have said, all the mushrooming other groups that have come from this, you know, Gamblers Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, 
you know, our, our group. So, you know, I'm so grateful today. I'm grateful for this group because so much goes into keeping keeping a vision for you alive, and so many people are behind the scenes with that, and I appreciate all of them and your service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. We're, we've run out of time. So thank you to everyone who has shared. We are now, We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sally please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, A Vision for You. It's Sally, recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your fault to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.